Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Welcome back to the show. It is uh, 1043 here on your Singapore Saturday morning. A good looking day so far in the city state expecting a bit of rain later on this afternoon, potentially. So do be careful if you're going to be out and about from pandemic to endemic. What happens next in Singapore with our uh, covid situation? Joining us now, Dr. Walter Lim, the Deputy Country Managing Director at Fullerton Healthcare. Dr. Lim, good morning and welcome to Money FM. Morning, morning, Glenn and Neil. Glad to be here. Great to see you again. And give us an overview. You know, we've, we've seen so much preventive health over the past two mm-hmm. years rise. And of course, Fullerton Healthcare has been right in the middle of it, giving vaccines and doing testing and all that. What are you seeing from your perspective on, you know, where we are at as a country right now uh, in Singapore related to COVID? Well, you know, Singapore is really in, a, in quite a strong position right now. You know, we have had 90% of the population, the eligible population, vaccinated. You know, as an organization for ourselves, we have, uh, we are about to complete nearing the 3 million mark in terms of number of jabs. And that's something we're really proud of. So I, I would say if you, if you compare us to neighboring countries, uh, there is a somewhat enviable position in terms of, uh, you know, primary course completed as well as booster completed for, for much of the population. Uh, and that's something that really uh, we should give a lot of credit to you know, the government, uh, uh, other players as well, who have uh, ensured the vaccine availability. And that's, uh, and, and that's really a, a position where I think if you compare to a year ago, two years ago, uh, it's, it's really a world apart. Well, that's a key point, Dr. Lim. I mean, uh, we're spoiled in many ways. Our healthcare providers have been magnificent throughout with the vaccines. But of course, spoiled people can be restless people. And judging mm. by some of our comments this morning from our readers, listeners and viewers, when are we going to open up? When are we going to open up? They see what's happening in the mm. West. They see what's happening yes. in Scandinavia. They see mask-free, you know, restriction-free, you know, right. Freedom Day. And not everyone, I must say, it must be clear, it's split mm. straight down the middle. But there are a percentage of people saying, why can't we open up more? We're vaccinated. We've had our boosters. Omicron is mm. mostly mild, mostly mild. What are your thoughts on that, Dr. Lim? Well, a couple of things, right? I, I think uh, when, when we speak about opening up, there's really a spectrum of opening up, right? And mm. I personally think it would take a really brave soul to declare the end of the pandemic. I don't think anybody is doing that uh, at present moment. Uh, WHO has advised caution. Uh, but, you know, in Singapore, you know, back to the Singapore context again, we, we have taken uh, prior to this uh, a layered approach mm. in terms of putting in preventions. Uh, you can see that the government has a very calibrated and uh, incremental approach. I, I think we are in a position to uh, stop, start to consider some of these layers and uh, relaxing on, on, a, on a layered basis. And I, 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 would, I would actually caution against uh, comparing ourselves directly with uh, uh, other markets and uh, other health systems. Uh, you know, everyone has their own unique circumstances. Uh, in, in the calculus about whether we do open up, you know, I think a few things are clear. Number one is that, as you pointed out, Omicron is a less severe variant, less, but less severe does not mean uh, always mild. Mm. We have to be careful about that. It is certainly less severe. Yeah. Secondly, is that you know, in terms of uh, capacity, I think we have shown that in uh, in in recent weeks that you know in, in the fears about having a, a ICU overload or lack of capacity, those, those have been uh, uh, we, we have really not gone down that path where that, there's really a fear of uh, lack of ICU. And in fact, I, I think Omicron has been one of the success stories mm. in terms of being able to manage in the community, mm. and, and that's really been uh, that's really been uh, a, a real achievement during this particular wave as you compare it to the prior waves. 
So, yeah. so there, there is uh, there is scope there is scope to open up, and I would say that uh, the the idea here is how can it be done in a layered way, in a in a measured way, and uh, like like I said, I I think uh, Omicron wasn't the first variant; it won't be the last. You know, I think the key question here is: is Omicron the endemic variant, or is it maybe uh, BA two? You may have heard of BA two, yep. the new variant subvariant has come out. So it's it's a bit too early to tell. You know, I think uh, first half will be. As it was last year, first half will be quite decisive, and a few reasons for that. Uh, it's uh, we're still in the midst of the northern hemisphere uh, winter mm. season, mm. so we're going to move into Q2. I think towards Q2 mid of the year is when I think there will be a clear visibility as to are we looking which variant are we looking at as the endemic variant. Right. We're right. talking and, with Dr. Uh, Walter Lim, the deputy country MD for Fullerton Healthcare, and and Dr. Lim, we you know thirteen thousand cases yesterday, triple mm-hmm. that of what it was on Thursday. Um, only a thousand in the hospital and only fifteen in ICU. Mm-hmm. So those numbers are are holding in, in a positive way. Uh, a, a question from Pin Chia, one of our regular uh, Saturday morning friends on Facebook Live: Should we still be as fearful of COVID if we mm-hmm. are vaccinated? Is you know, uh, so just a, a brief aside, my daughter and I both had COVID when we came back from the U.S. Uh, in mm. early January. Um, very mild symptoms. You know, we're mindful of the fact that many people have very severe symptoms, so we don't want to make light of it. But honestly, it was a sore throat for us, and, and then we yes. were done. Uh, so to Pin's uh, question, should we be afraid of it? Should, should we just accept it and just move on and not worry? I don't mm. know. What, what, I know there's no easy answer, but this is a feeling that I'm getting from people I'm talking to. And frankly, it's starting to become one of my own feelings as well. Mm. Well, first things first, you know, I think most, most, most residents in Singapore and Singaporeans, they have completed their primary course. Uh, but for those who have not gotten their booster, please go and get it. Yeah. So that's, that's Absolutely. my, my first, first line of advice. Yep. You know, I, I think for individuals who have uh, fully vaccinated, fully boosted, you know, I, I think the evidence is there, the data is there. You know, there is... Uh, there is evidence that this really reduces the the likelihood of severe disease. So, um, f- firstly, firstly, this this battle with COVID has been uh, almost a psychological battle as much as it's been medical. So, I, I wouldn't say let's let's uh, fear or not fear the virus, but I would say that you know let's do what we can. You know, we focus on what's within our control, and at this point, you know, we have so many layers of uh, defense within our control. You know, we've had the public health measures. You know, government can do it and can uh, you know can tweak them in a, in a layered way. Uh, the booster has been available to everybody. You know that's that's definitely in your hands in terms of control. Um, I, I would say, however, that one thing we should not do is while we don't fear the virus, we should not underestimate the virus. Still, mm. that 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 is something that we just have to remind ourselves. We may be in, uh, you know, subsequent years of a multi-year situation, you know, but we we should continue to respect the virus and also respect uh, some of the time-tested things that we've been doing all along. You know, safe distancing, hand hygiene infection control. These, these, these things don't change. You know, whether you're in Singapore, whether you're traveling, you know, I, I think that the foundations are still there. So, again, get, get the booster, you know, don't, don't fear the virus, but at the same time, let's respect it. Let's also not be complacent. Mm. You know, I, I think that, you know, we, 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 we are in a good position in Singapore. Uh, that's not the case uh, everywhere in the world. You know, I think WHO is, is looking to make sure that, you know, we Vaccination continues uh, apace. You know, there have been uh, new vaccines approved by WHO in, or rather endorsed by WHO in other jurisdictions, you know, and that, that will help in developing markets. Mm. So, so we just have to be careful. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to make a big deal about new variants like BA2, but, this, but I think the public health experts are still monitoring these new variants. And uh, yeah. 
uh, and that's really something that we just have to be be, be respectful of. Mm. So, to, uh, Dr. Lim, so you know, the question could be therefore, what exactly are we waiting for? Our vaccination rates are fantastic. Uh, Omicron symptoms seem to be mild. The new variant also seems to be mild. Hospitalization figures are not exploding. We all hope that continues. So there is a point where you say, what are we waiting for? When does the potential health risks get outweighed by mental health negatives? For example, you know, mask wearing. It's a very psychological yes. thing for lots of people. Um, the idea of wearing a mask outdoors 24-7 just feels restrictive. It just feels restrictive. From a psychological point of view, the idea that you could just take your mask off and walk along a park mm. connector or walk along a street and breathe the fresh air, psychologically, that is a huge mental health boost for many, many people, myself included. Yeah. But we don't do yes. it because I'll, we follow I'll, the I'll guidelines. You but, might argue it's become almost instinctual or reflex. Yeah, and, and Dr. Lim, just to, <laughs> that is my fear because if we go down, don't be complacent road forever, we'll wear masks mm. for the rest of our lives because we know that flu has generally gone down. We know we're passing less bugs than before because we're all masked. So in theory, if we all wore masks for the rest of our lives, we would all mm. be better <laughs> off. That's just common sense. But we also want to live as well. That's the balancing yes. act I think we're at at the moment. Where, where do you stand on that? Yes, and, and I, I think and I think that's a, that's a great question, right? Because um, you know, I, I I think clearly there have been success stories, as you pointed out. You know, we are on the right track. Uh, what I do foresee is that you know, moving to Q two, and this is really this is really subject to you know broader considerations uh, and uh, you know uh, other other stakeholders as well, right? Mm. But my, my my personal take is that there, there, there may be there may be a gradual loosening. You know, I, I think things that are having economic impact, things that are having social impact. Uh, this relate to restrictions on number of groups. Uh, this relate to travel, you know, and, you know, I, I don't want to mention VTL because whenever we mention the, the acronyms, it's, uh, you don't want to jinx it. You know, um, and, uh, <laughs> yes, but, indeed. you know, I think, I, I think that's sort of calibrated, that's sort of uh, calibrated and uh, calibrated and layered, uh, relaxing that, that may be something feasible. Well, yeah. what I don't see, however, is I, I don't see, uh, I don't see, uh, however, this sort of um, full, full reopening because I, I think as, as a system, uh, that's, uh, we, we have been in a position where we have done this uh, very successfully, this sort of incremental and layered approach. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Lum, when are you, what are you uh, projecting for a second round of booster shots? Is that coming soon for Singaporeans? Well, that's a good question. You know, I, I think the, that there's a natural question about uh, whether a fourth a fourth dose is needed, you know, I think there is there is some early data coming out of um, uh, countries like Israel. You know, um, it's a bit premature to say so. I I, I think the at this present moment, uh, well, I wouldn't say there's sufficient data to say that is there is a fourth fourth dose required. Uh, but it, but it is it is uh, it is definitely a good idea to monitor some of the markets which are trying this out, such as Israel. Uh, one thing to note though, and this is this uh, this uh, viewpoint might be somewhat controversial. You know, there is also a viewpoint that there is also a viewpoint that the uh, the milder the milder variants of uh, COVID uh, as they spread and uh, as they pass through the community, those will be a naturally induced immunity and a natural. Yeah, so uh, it's a it's a wait and see on on the fourth dose, uh, and yes, obviously right. we're waiting for the MOH and and others mm. to come up with a policy on that. Uh, well, thank you so much for your your time today. Uh, look, we we know that there are no 
clear answers at the moment other than keep doing the right things that we've been doing in terms of hygiene and distance and masks. And of course, make sure if you haven't had both of your vaccinations and your booster to get those done as well. Dr. Walter Lim, Deputy Country MD, Fullerton Healthcare. Thank Thanks you. so much for being with Welcome. us on Money FM. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.